Hi, I'm Kendra Corman, the host of Imperfect Marketing. If you're a solopreneur, small business owner, or a marketer, you know marketing is far from a perfect science. And that's why this podcast is called Imperfect Marketing. Here you will hear from marketing experts and successful business owners about their marketing tips and, of course, their lessons learned along the way. Hello and welcome back to Imperfect Marketing. I'm your host, Kendra Corman, and today with me, I have Nikki. Nikki runs a full-service marketing agency called The Digital Exchange that specializes in paid advertising, specifically Facebook ads. She started her business more than three years ago after 15 years in corporate across various industries working her way up from junior to more senior positions. She spends her days seeking the best way to achieve results for her clients and surpass all their marketing dreams. Welcome, Nikki. Thank you. I'm so excited to be on the show. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining me. So one of the big things that you focus on is Facebook ads. Yes. So a lot of people, well, a lot of people tell me Facebook is dead. <laughs> it's not true. <laughs> I agree with you. A hundred percent, hundred percent. Anybody that makes a sweeping discussion like that is not doing things correctly, in my opinion, but because email marketing has been dead for at least 15 years now, right? So if you listen to those people, but why Facebook ads? Why do you feel that those are, that's a great place for people to be advertising? So just going on to that. So Obviously, I think that Facebook and Instagram is not dead. And that's because I see results every single day for our clients. And now the reason I think that it's such a great platform to advertise uh, your services or your coaching or whatever you do is because you can reach so many people at such a rapid pace. So nearly everybody probably in your audience has a Facebook or an Instagram profile which means the amount of people that you could target at any one time is quite uh, is fast and you can also niche down or target quite broadly. So yeah, there's, there's an array of people available there for you to target. Yeah. I think, you know, there's still so many people using Facebook. It's not just for old people, you know, Facebook and Instagram, there are a, there's a wide range of people on it. I'm adjunct faculty at a local university. And when I'm teaching, I ask my students all the time what they're on. And there's always a handful that have Facebook and there's a lot that have Instagram. And when you're advertising and talking about Facebook ads, you're talking about more than just Facebook. It also runs on Instagram. That's exactly right. I think a lot of like people don't realize a lot of the time that the Facebook ads manager actually controls Instagram as well. So when you set ads up, it goes across both platforms. And I think the thing we need to realize is that even though, say, younger people might be not using Facebook the same way as, say, an older demographic, they're still on it and they're still scrolling. And whilst they're still scrolling, we can still advertise to them because they're still seeing those ads come up and taking action from those ads. We have a variety of clients and a lot of them have a younger demographic and we are still seeing a lot of results coming from Facebook ads. And when I say Facebook ads, I don't just mean Instagram ads. I mean from the Facebook ads specifically they're getting sales off and, you know, leads from those, um, from that platform. Is one of the reasons you think Facebook's groups, I mean, I find that those have been unable to be matched anywhere else. Yeah. I mean, I think what's why people like Facebook groups is because people know the software. 
So because they know the software it's, and everybody has an account, it's just easier to keep everybody on there. I know some really big coaches and consultants, and I'm talking some of the biggest ones out there, and they have actually mentioned to me last week, one of them specifically, that they look to take their actual community off the platform and onto like another platform. But then they thought, why would we do this? We end up losing people. Everybody's already there. It makes sense just to, yeah, keep it easy. People are busy. Yeah. And again, people are engaging. My husband is, well, he uses my account, but um, (laughs) I really confuse the algorithm based on my interests in welding, airplanes, building your own airplane, things that have nothing to do with me. Um, (laughs) the groups that he follows, but he, he looks at those things and he likes engaging with those groups. So it's, it's just really interesting. Um, so when you're looking at Facebook ads and the targeting, one of the things that I used to love, and I actually had to have a conversation with somebody about this. I used to love, love, love the targeting. And they're like, they wanted to target people down to like their zip code and um, get really specific on like where they worked and things like that. I'm like, oh, you can't do that anymore. Yeah. You have to go a little bit broader. So with the change in targeting, what have you found has been some obstacles or some issues with it? And what have some of the benefits been? So post iOS 14, there were a lot of changes that happened to the way that we could target and retarget and how we could track people. Because of that change, it meant that we didn't have as big as understanding of people of what we as, as what we did in the past. So as a result of that, we had to start going broader with our targeting, which actually has worked out well because, you know, with new AI software and different things coming in, it's actually better to go broader because you increase your pool size of people that you can target and you let Meta find the best people in your audience based on attributes. So it knows what people in your audience will um, get you. So it knows what people in your audience will drive results and it looks for the attributes of those people and find similar people within your existing pool of people to target. So hopefully I didn't confuse anyone with that, but basically um, it's so sometimes now it's better to go broader. In saying that, there has been a lot of the targeting options removed, which I have found with some clients has been a little bit of a pain because historically we used to get really good results, particularly with baby products. So there used to be a lot of different, um, a lot of different interests that you could target for baby products. But apparently there was a few complaints that all these mums were getting all these ads, especially overnight, and they've deleted a whole bunch of them out. I'm not sure if that reason is entirely true. Anyway, I digress. But essentially, it has become easier in the sense that we can target broader and Meta has gotten a lot smarter. But then in saying that, there are some niches where the results um, have suffered a little bit because we can't get as specific. So, yeah. But, yeah, in so, saying that, go broader. So there was a story here in the States um, about a girl whose parents found out she was pregnant because of how she was searching and they started sending her congratulatory like things and coupons in the mail. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So I'm wondering if maybe more things like that (laughs) ruined our targeting for baby products. You never know because we start like, honestly, every week I am seeing new interests getting deleted and removed and it's, yeah, it's kind of frustrating. And now we're even seeing that there are new campaign types that you can let Meta do all the work for you. And yeah, I actually 
don't like those as much. I like to use more of the manual campaigns because you have more control over the ad, um, over the ads and the campaigns, who you're targeting. And because of that, when you can control those things, you can test, A-B test things. There's not really a lot of A-B testing you can do when Meta's controlling everything. So you're just leaving it up to them. So. Yeah. And I mean, while, while Meta really wants a lot of money, so they want your, your ads to be successful, right? That's why they the broader you go, sometimes you get better results because you're letting Meta find those people and then use their, we'll say their deeper information on the people that they're just not letting you pick from. Uh, And they're letting you, you're, you're letting them pick and find those people. Cause again, they want your ad campaign to be successful because they want more money. Exactly. And I find a lot of the time when you follow Meta's instructions, it'll work in the short term and you might get explosive results at the start, but then over the long term, it doesn't work in terms of scaling. So when you're getting really good results at the start, you're getting excited and you start pumping more money into it. But then what happens is, oh yeah, over the long term, you're not scaling. Whereas if you use a manual campaign, then you can control different elements. You can see which specific interests are winning or which specific ads are winning, and then you can start spending or sending more money to those campaigns. In saying that, I'm sure AI is going to continue to get smarter and smarter. So I've been recommending that people maybe set up one campaign that is manual and then one that's not, and maybe run them side by side and see how the how the results go. Because unless you're kind of running them side by side, you won't really know, you know, if the results will differ much. Well, and experimentation is just so important, especially in advertising. Um, I know, I think I was talking to a couple people that were running some ads. Um, I've had luck with video over anything else um, and then single image ads. And then I was talking to someone else who last year they were having luck with carousels over single image ads. (laughs) It's so interesting, isn't it? Because everybody says, go video, go video. And I'm like, all of my uh, clients and students are finding that images are performing best for them. So yeah, it's just interesting. But people always say, which one's the best? Which one's the best? And I'm like, just test it. You won't know. It's different for everybody. So that's my number one piece of advice when it comes to ads. Always test. And I think to make it authentic, I think the ads and the imagery need to be authentic. If it's overly created, then I feel like people don't feel it's authentic. They think it's an ad and they skip by it quicker than if it feels call it less, I want, I want to say less professional because that's not the right word, but less polished maybe. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I think we have moved a little bit from historically when ads first came out, we used to build these really complex funnels and try and hide the fact that we're actually running an ad. But I think now people expect to see them in their feed. So I agree. I think it is good to be authentic in the sense that you can attract your particular audience that you're looking to target. But then I think at the same time, people expect to see ads. So we don't have to stress too much about the fact that it may look like it's an ad. But in saying that, you need to have your unique messaging and be authentic to who you are in order to attract the right audience. Okay. So if somebody is looking to start with Facebook ads, what do you recommend they start with? So if you are a consultant or a coach or something like that, generally I would recommend starting with a lead generation ad because you are are probably going to be looking to either bring people into your service or you're going to have a lead magnet and you're going to want to start building your email list. So 
I would generally recommend, so 90% of the time when we run ads on Meta, it's going to be a conversion ad. So that is a lead or a sales ad. So I would generally recommend learning how to start building a lead ad if you are a service-based business or course course creator. And then obviously, if you are an e-commerce store, a sales ad. Before that, if you can, I would recommend trying to prime your Instagram and Facebook pages. And by that, what that means is by um, trying to get a decent amount of followers. So it gives you a bit of social proof. So spending a little bit of time building that up, but then also padding it out. So you've got enough posts that it looks like you've been around for long enough. And I'm not saying you need a huge amount, but at least priming it to make it look like you've, yeah, you've been around. Yeah. And then in saying that, um, when it comes to lead gen, so if you're a service-based business or course creator, it doesn't, the priming doesn't matter as much as when you're an e-com store. I find with e-com stores, people want to know that you're more established because you're competing with bigger brands. Say, for example, if you are an activewear brand, it's going to be very hard for you to compete with someone like Nike if you've got 50 followers, but you're charging the same amount. Whereas with a lead gen kind of brand or a course creator or a coach, et cetera, you can define yourself a little bit easier and show your expertise. So it doesn't matter so much. Okay. So if you were priming and say you're pretty new, you're posting regularly, but again, you're still new, your followers are low because I think people have been following less um, companies um, as as they've, they've grown on the platform. So would you run a, um, like a follow campaign or a campaign to grow your audience at all? So you can. So because I know when you first start out, it's generally your family and your friends. And it's actually kind of good in the sense that they'll just like you a lot, like like all your stuff because they're very warm. But you can. So I generally don't suggest running boosted posts. But the only way to get a post to get people to follow your Instagram is by using a boosted post and then choosing the option to follow on Instagram. So that is an easy way to get followers on Instagram. So what I would recommend is picking a post that has gotten a lot of likes. And if you don't have a lot of likes on the post, perhaps reach out to people on your audience and just say, can you please like this particular post to, you know, to build up your social proof a lot. I say that and it might sound silly, but I'm sure nearly everybody has done that when they first start out because we all need that little bit of extra help. So pick a post that really speaks to your audience is perhaps like a freebie or something that is full of stacks of value and then put a boosted post on that. Now you can run a traffic ad within the actual ads manager to your Instagram to build up the following. But I find that they don't perform as well as the boosted posts and getting followings because you've got to add an extra step. So you've got to get them to click to go through to your profile and then follow. Whereas when you've got the boosted post, you can just click follow the Instagram page. So when there's less steps, people are more likely to take action. Now you can get followers pretty easy on Facebook itself. If you, you can run a Facebook campaign to get follows. And the trick to doing that is to expand outside of say your country. So whether it's Australia or America or the UK. So you could expand outside of those countries to countries where people might be more free and easy to give you followers. So, and in saying that, it may not sound like the best advice in terms of you're not going to build up an audience necessarily of people that 
are going to buy from you, but you are going to buff it out and give yourself some social proof. So it will look like you have a couple of hundred followers if you go for countries outside of these Western nations because they are more free in giving follows to people. So that's just a quick and simple way to do it. It's not a way to attract your ideal audience, but it is a way to fill it out. Okay. Yeah. No, because I've always been anti the boosted posts um, outside of if I need to reach the audience that's already following me mm-hmm. um, to reach them and their friends with a specific message or a specific post. I want to make sure that everybody sees. Um, I've done that and put a little bit of money behind that. But otherwise, it's like, I only like advertising if I'm going to get money back because I'm going to spend money to get money. Right. So um, yeah. that's, that's why you're pushing the lead ads and the um, sales ads for e-commerce stores. Yeah. So generally in order to get sales for your lead, you know, if you're a service-based business or a coach or a consultant, you're going to need to get people on your email list because if you're if what you're selling is over a hundred to $200, it's going to be really hard to get people to buy off the bat. So in order to build that up and build up your know, like, and trust factor, you really need to get them off the platform and onto something that you own, such as your email list and email list and your yeah, emails have a, it's not dead. It has a really high rate of re- return. I think they say it's like $44 for every dollar spent. Yeah. With them, it's the highest is- rate of return for any activity you can do in marketing. It's crazy. It, it's insane. And so many people don't utilize it. And that's why we recommend with these kind of businesses that you do a lead gen ad for getting people onto email lists. So you will create a really awesome lead magnet that adds heaps of value and is a no brainer for your audience. And basically you just get those emails to start um, filling up your email list so that you build your audience. And that's going to be the quickest way to start getting sales. Or you can alternatively, if you just wanted to get straight on and get some um, clients, you could run a lead ad for some kind of promotion you're offering. So a lot of the time we'll recommend to clients that they offer some kind of cool promo. Like it doesn't even have to be a starting promo. It can be any promo if you've been established for a while. So you might say, this is a special package deal. And always add like an element of FOMO or urgency. It's only available for the first 10 people or it's, yeah, it's only available for the next three days. And this is the promo. You get $200 off or you get a free coaching call with X. People love promos and they love urgency and they need something to respond to. So if you don't give them a reason to respond today, they won't. Yeah, no. So I get people, clients that fight me on the sense of urgency. I'm like, you need to give them a sense of urgency or they're not going to take action. And they fight me on it. They're like, oh, but that's fake urgency. So? Who knows? Nobody's going to know. At the end of the day, even if I see something that I think might be fake urgent, if I really want the offer, I'm not going to take the risk. I'm going to go for it. Sure, I secure exactly what I want. So, yeah. I mean, for me, it's fine because I know that I've got, I can get, go to the meta ads library and I could find that offer again if I just search the brand. But a lot of people don't know that. So yeah, I think it works. We'll every give time. you a link. We'll give you guys a link in the show notes to the meta ads library so you can see what's currently running by other people and you can look up the brand in case you're like, I need to find that ad again. Exactly. So it's like, oh, I saw that really cool. Cause so many times you'll see that cool offer and then you'll be like, I can't see it again. And it's, You'll see it again all the time the time until you actually want to see it and then you won't mm-hmm. see it. So Exactly. Yeah. So I mean, we've tested both options out and urgency and 
FOMO always work, particularly when it comes to lead gen. And then obviously if it's in uh, e-com, you can use other things like discount codes or promos like buy one, get one free or throw a free gift with purchase or free shipping or something like that. But I, I love what you had to say. You know, social media is rented land. It is a great tool to get people and deal with them off the platform. You want to get their contact information. You want them to pay you for something with their email address because that email address is priceless to you. It gives you an opportunity to have conversations with them offline when you want to have conversations with them. Because when you show up in someone's email inbox, you're controlling when that happens not them. Whereas on social media, they're controlling and the algorithm is controlling what they see. So you've got like 17 people involved in whether or not you're, they're going to see your posts, but they can see your email, right? Which is, yeah. I think, using social media as a driver to get contact information from people is just huge. A hundred percent. And I'm not sure exactly what's happening at the moment, but I've seen two clients in the last month who have huge followings and we've spent a lot of money building that following. They have a great product or a great service, but Meta's just come in and said, oh, we're taking this account away from you. And all it's the only reason that they're taking account, the account away is they're saying they've violated a policy. And a lot of the times it might be just a competitor complaining about something and then they just take their account away and they've got no ability to even respond. So they've spent all this time and money building up these platforms and then they just lose them at the drop of the drop of the hat. And it's so disheartening because you've invested so much and it's scary because yeah, you're you are relying on those platforms to bring you sales. So if you remove those, it's a big problem. Thankfully for our clients, we also have big email lists, we have SEO set up, all of those things. But you still feel it. You still feel the pinch when you lose those um audiences mm -hmm. and it's yeah, it's very disheartening when you built your audience up to, you know, 40, 50,000 and then you have no control or power and then you're trying to deal with meta support who are not supportive at all. So, <laughs> No, and you have to advertise to get a hold of them. So yeah, yeah. if you don't advertise, you don't get any support. Um, exactly. But no, I think that that's huge and it's something that everybody needs to be cognizant of. And I think, you know, I... I've got people putting fake reviews on client sites, all the uh, Facebook pages and things like that. I report them and they don't disappear. And yeah. it's like, no, this is a winery. It does not do Forex training, trading. So like, <laughs> like the, the review doesn't make sense. It's clear. <laughs> um, it's spam. Yeah, you're hundred percent right. And like, so sometimes they'll not be fair to the people that deserve it. And then, people that are causing havoc, yeah, aren't getting, you know, reprimanded for their actions. So Yeah, I don't get a, it. I prefer things I control, like email. <laughs> it's true. Email marketing is so good. You need to build your email list up using ads and send out emails. Yeah, so we know. And again, to, to build that list and to get a reach outside of your set audience, I... I love Facebook ads. I use them all the time. I think that they are a fantastic tool to, to grow that. So thank you so much, Nikki, for being here on with me. I do appreciate it. Um, my question for you is a question I ask everybody before I let you go. In, this show is called Imperfect Marketing because as you and I both know, marketing is anything but a perfect science. What has been your biggest marketing lesson learned? 
So first of all, thanks for having me. I've had a blast. Love talking with you and about meta ads. And my biggest lesson I would say was is not to have shiny object syndrome. I think when we all first start out, we just want to be on every single platform. And it is great to have an omnipresent strategy. But unless you start out and you focus on one area of marketing, then you're just going to have a very fragmented um, place in the marketplace. So I would say focus on one area, whether that be building up your email list and maybe just being on one social media platform. Because when I first started out, it was difficult for me to not be on everything because I came from a corporate marketing background where we had team and resource and we were on everything, but I was spreading myself too thin and I wasn't really having an impact. So my advice is yeah, pick one area to like one, one social media platform and then one area like a podcast or a blog and focus there. And then, of course, build your email list. And when you're ready, scale with meta ads. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. So um, I am the queen of um, shiny object syndrome. I love new systems and things like that. So I invest in those all the time. And um, I test them out so people don't have to. So be sure to check my resources if you're interested in learning about the systems I like. But yeah, you need to make sure whatever you pick is something that you can do consistently. If you can't be consistent, don't do it. And you don't want to be hating your business. That's something I've seen people do is that they they want to do this omnipresent strategy because, oh, someone's having success over here and someone's having success over there. And they're just tired. They don't want to yeah. deal with it. And they're miserable. And they're creating a job in their business that they hate. And I'm like, that's not the way to move forward. And I think it's having that shiny object syndrome and trying to be in all of the places like you would if you had a team of 27 people is just not possible for a lot of us. So pick something that you're comfortable with. Pick something that when you go home and you sit on the couch with your phone, what app do you go to? You know, pick where you're comfortable going and where you don't mind engaging. Make it fun, but be consistent and don't be everywhere and do things that you can't do. Well, that's just frustrating. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you again, Nikki. I really appreciate your time. This was a fantastic conversation. I really appreciate all of the insights that you gave on Facebook ads. Hopefully all of you listening or watching learned something today. If you did, I would love it if you would rate and subscribe wherever you're listening or watching. That would really help me out. In the meantime, if you want to get a hold of Nikki and learn more about the services and trainings and things that she offers, be sure to check the show notes. We've got a nice little link in there for you that can connect you to her and her services. Thank you again and have a great rest of your day. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Imperfect Marketing. Be sure to subscribe and visit KendraCorman.com slash Imperfect Marketing to view the show notes of all my podcast episodes. See you next week. Same time, same place.